Come stay and play at Live Casino and Hotel. Welcome to one of the biggest casinos in the country with luxurious clean rooms, upscale dining, and the grandest payouts. Now offering stay and play and all in packages, including $50 free slot play, VIP parking, VIP casino access, and more. Book now at livecasino.com or call 443-445-2929. At Arundel Mills, must be 21, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgambling.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. When the seagulls follow the trawler, it's because they sink sardines will be strong into the sea. Thank you. <laughs> yes, welcome, supporter of the Foot Weekly podcast, to the first full episode dedicated to what is to come in FIFA 21. That's because we've had plenty of news around upcoming features, but we've also had a couple of leaks to throw in as well, so there is plenty to be discussing. We better get into it then. Right, I've got with me, as we had last week, Japes. Welcome back. Thank you very much. Happy to see the FIFA 21 news. It's always fun to mm. speculate on exactly what all of this fantastic marketing speak actually means. <laughs> exactly. And we also have, uh, from Down Under again, joining us for a second week running, actually, which is quite rare, to be honest, unless your name's Japes. Marcus, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. Uh, yeah, uh, honored to be back and actually looking forward to talking about all the stuff that's being revealed uh, in the official and not so official channels, but I'm looking mm. forward to it for sure. Well, let's start off then with the very simple bullet points which um, producer Tom Calafi put out on Twitter because I think it's a good summary of what the gameplay features are focusing on, I guess. Um, so we've got agile dribbling, uh, positioning personality, creative runs, smooth encounters, a competitor mode CPU AI, and rework of the fundamentals like headers, passing, blocking, and transitions. And if you're a patron, so you're listening to the extended version of this podcast, then we'll be getting into those in more detail, how EA have broken those down, and some pretty interesting stuff in there, I have to say. If you're a supporter and you're listening to this in the pods under an hour then this isn't the right one it's not the extended version so make sure you're on your unique podcast feed or on the patreon website or app to get that we will though right now be getting into foot chat so as you probably already know one of the most anticipated icons i would say Cantada has been officially announced and will be the headline new icon for fifa 21 no doubt as a United fan and really a Cantona fan, it is incredibly exciting. Really looking forward to giving it a go. But actually, Japes is someone who isn't necessarily affiliated with Cantona necessarily. Is he someone that you think will fit the meta, if you like? Ben. We don't know what the meta is going to be. So, like, <laughs> of course, it, their headliner new legend that they're putting in the game will, of course, be usable. And I, I wouldn't be surprised... If, based on the stats that are eventually revealed for him, that gives us a nod towards what gameplay might be like for the game. I always sort of feel like they're poster boys with Holland on the cover as well. Like, you better believe they're going to want to make big players feel good to use, right? That man's a mammoth. But then I guess Zidane was great, but not 
that great by the end of the cycle. Zidane for a while was really well, extraordinarily well balanced, which people loved, right? Like which mm. people absolutely loved. And then they sort of broke the agility balance problems. But let's not forget he was five star, five star. And that became one of the most important things this year. So Cantona is going to be fine. He's going to be great. He's going to be usable. I have no strong feelings towards him one way or another, but at least they'll end up giving him like a solid enough weak foot because otherwise people will lose their minds. He probably won't have five star weak foot. I would say you probably have four, but he might have five star skills, which would be fun. And he should also be quite strong. He's not super tall, but he's tall. Should be very well-rounded, I suppose. I don't know quite how it's going to work in terms of the four versions of him because the moments will obviously be crazy good. It's the peak of their abilities and it's almost like a special version like we have within the game for other players. But the other cards, he was obviously a great player for Manchester United and had his moments for Leeds, but he doesn't quite have the longevity with his retirement age 30 that other icons have. So interesting to see what they do there. And I'm really looking forward to giving him a go. I think he'll be really fun to use. But yeah, Marcus, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I basically just echo what you guys are saying. I also think he's going to have that um, hype for being a new icon. So I can see his price being very, very, very expensive mm. because everyone want to try him out. So might be a bit harder, easier said than done. Yeah, definitely. And another player who will probably suffer from the same phenomenon of icons starting extremely expensive is, well, actually, before I say who it is, this is something that's been strongly rumoured, extremely likely, but it is a bit of a leak. So if you don't want to find out now and you'd rather the grand reveal, then just close your ears for a sec while I say who it is. And it is a player who's been in foot quite a few years, I guess, over the past 10. For the first four years, he, he was extremely good. It's uh, Samuel Etu. Yeah, he had some pretty phenomenal cards even base cards, I guess, in terms of effectiveness in those games because of him being very pacey, uh, four-star, four-star, good shooting, decent strength. So he'll be a card that I think will be exceptional, especially in the early game, but with four-star, four-star, it'll be interesting to see whether he becomes less preferred towards the end of the cycle. But moving on from that, in terms of things we have actually had confirmed, one of these things is relating to next-gen. Now, I said previously in a pod a few weeks back, the EA have confirmed that if you buy the game on, say, Xbox One digitally, you'll be able to get it for free on next gen. I think for about a year after FIFA 21 releases for next gen. They're calling this dual entitlement. What they've also revealed in the information they've now put out is that you'll be able to take your foot club from PlayStation 4 to PlayStation 5 or Xbox One to Xbox Series X and back again. And there's going to be cross-gen transfer markets and leaderboards in Foot 21. It does say at the end here, discless consoles require digital purchase of entitlement to upgrade. So bear in mind, you know, if you buy a disc for your Xbox One and then you want to get FIFA for free on Xbox Series X, then you might have to buy the game again, I think, is maybe what it's saying. Because obviously, you know, you can't put your disc in your discless console to verify it. I'm not quite sure exactly how it's going to work. There's not enough information here. But I think most people will be buying digitally at this point anyway. But yeah, that's not the interesting thing here. The interesting thing is that it seems you can move your foot club from PlayStation 4 to PlayStation 5 and back again, 
which is quite interesting. I mean, potentially, Japes, if you have your console in another room where you play when someone's watching the TV, you could potentially keep your old console and switch between the two even. I don't know how fluid it's going to be, but that certainly suggests that you might be able to yeah, do that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think for most people, if you're shelling out for the new consoles coming out at the end of the year, like you're going to be trying to play as much as you can on those consoles. So um, yeah, yeah. it's nice that you can do that and it'll have a seamless transition of your club items over. I think that's great. I think that would be to be expected though. Like it's not something that I, I guess what they're saying is it doesn't have to be a one-time thing, right? Like your old console mm. doesn't have to be entirely obsolete once you get the new one, which if you're like a college student, right, you could leave a console at home and have your other console on. Well, I, I mean, with coronavirus, I don't even know what campuses are going to look like. <laughs> yeah, that's so that's like an entirely different thing altogether, but it offers that up, which is great and it's nice and it's fine. We, I think as gamers now, we'd expect that. And if you look at specifically on the Xbox side, what they do with like Game Pass where you can play across like a multitude of devices then like yeah you should be able to play across your different consoles makes sense and also obviously the cross-gen transfer markets is potentially a good thing as well just to keep that you know initial xbox series x or playstation 5 market nice and busy when it first drops you won't have a tiny tiny uh, transfer market the items will be there and available for people to buy and sell straight away and it should be a bit more seamless. I think last gen, that didn't happen, I think, because there were some glitches on the old generation of consoles that meant they wanted to separate the two. So it's good that that will happen this year. What I'm quite interested in from you, Marcus, is the idea that leaderboards are going to be cross-gen because I guess that means you could compete on the old console. Would it mean also that they're going to have to be able to match people up between the two generations of console for games? Yeah, that's the really interesting part that I've also noticed too. Mm. I, I assume it's going to have to be like that because um, especially in smaller regions where maybe not a lot of people buy the new gen, I assume it would be mm. quite difficult to match uh, in weekend league with enough players. I can really think of it in Australia, but definitely in some of the smaller regions like South Africa or just Africa in general, or parts of Asia, uh, we can see players buying the new gen on either side and not having enough opponents to play throughout the weekend league. So I assume it's going to work like that. So it'd be interesting to see when a old gen player plays against a new gen player and if there's anything that really stands out in terms of the gameplay. I, I doubt it would, but it'd just be or connection or just anything. Um, they're trying to just juggle everything at once, clearly, and there's some things in here that as Jabe said, I just pretty much expected in this uh, time that we're in. But there's definitely mm. a few things that they're going to have to... They've obviously worked out because they've put it in here, but it'll be interesting to see how exactly they work, really. Yeah, yeah. And I think you're right. We only will be able to see when the game comes, how that's going to work, and whether we will be able to play cross-gen. But it would be pretty handy it also means that you know you could pick up an old console say like a playstation 4 if you've just got an xbox series x so the latest xbox and get that for cheap and then play with your mates who are on you know the other console if you you know don't want to be forking out for two brand new consoles because you have one that you play with your mates on and the other one that you use i don't know whether many people do that but it's, it's a nice little thing that could potentially work but let's see um how that pans out and so let's bring in the final big thing for Foot, which is co-op. So Foot Co-op lets you team up with a friend and compete for rewards. Join forces in both division rivals and squad battles to earn weekly progress and work towards brand new co-op objectives that reward playing together 
uh, beyond winning on the pitch. So that's pretty interesting, I think. It certainly is going to make a significant change to foot, which is very much solo up until this point. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. And it is something that I'm looking forward to incorporating into the pod Discord server. And I think it's something that communities that operate around FIFA are going to be pretty excited about for sure uh, it's something that i'm looking forward to you know getting involved and playing with the supporters in there as well i know it's not going to be necessarily easy for everyone who maybe doesn't have people to play with basically i don't know japes whether that's your situation as a more mature fifa player yeah yeah exactly like i don't have anybody to play 2v2 with so i don't know <laughs> what's going to be interesting right is the working towards these quote-unquote brand new co-op objectives mm. The idea of playing with people is when the game gets so much fun. Like we talked a little bit on a mm. podcast previously and like my absolute favorite memories playing FIFA are all pro clubs related. Like they are, it's just, just like a matter of fact. And so I think co-op objectives and co-op foot might be able to give you like a little bit of a taste of that. I think it'll be fun for people to play with their friends and try out players in their friend's club that they might not have access to, see what they think about that. I think it's a nice addition. I think it offers up something that's can just be a bit of fun. What I'm wondering now is, will there be co-op esports, that type of thing, right? I think it. Mm. Um, will there be more two v two events? Because now there's like an opportunity for people to play and train that way. Um, that was really quite difficult for them to do to begin with, uh, which I hope would be a thing. Like I think two v two FIFA is the best form of FIFA in in many ways, and so I. I'm interested to see how this pans out and what it looks like, but I think it's a nice addition. I think it's fun and will give people another game to play during the week if they're just, you know, the type that's waiting for weekend league. Yeah, really good point. And I think I wanted to bring in Rydinho's question here, Marcus. He says, I'm just wondering how they will implement co-op. Will it be a standalone mode where you earn and build a team together or will you combine teams or will we just have to use one or the other's team? Yeah, and that's, that is an interesting point. How are they going to work that do you think yeah that is a question that i also had as well when i first saw it because mm. i'll be honest as i mean i from a different point of view as someone that really jumps on fifa a lot of the time to try and be as uh, efficient with my time as possible with a very you know i guess competitive mindset trying to make as many coins as possible or just play games um i would like it if it was combining my club with the friends club so if i ever wanted to play a 2v2 either casually with a friend who's maybe a bit more of a casual with the game or someone who's also very competitive you could i could still build towards my main team while playing but on the other side of things mm. i also see how it would be pretty cool to almost build a club up together i think if that's a thing i hope you can build up multiple clubs and it doesn't lock you in like it does in pro clubs i think like not that you're locked in but you have to constantly leave and then join back i hope it's something that you can start a club if it's like that with anyone and it, it saves the progress it doesn't it's not something that um you don't have a limit or anything like that because i can see mm. if it's a, it's a mode where they combine the clubs i can see it not being complicated but i can just see it adding extra complications that they might have looked at that and be like ah oh, let's just make it so it's a, a new club and i think if it's that it definitely makes it less popular in my opinion because people obviously love to focus on their own ultimate team. Um, yeah. So if you can do that while playing with someone, um, that's ideal. But if it's a new club, they'll be like, it's it's kind of gets pushed to the wayside. I think it's what's going to happen. I also think the idea of having a whole new club share between two people just sounds really complicated for them to implement. So they probably wouldn't do that. I mean, it is called co-op, which is I think what the 
version of online play you can do outside of foot is right uh, you can do co-op seasons so i imagine it will be a bit like that so you just guest with someone else and you pick a team but i think in this circumstance the teams that you can pick from are probably going to be your teams right so if marcus and i are playing we can play with my team or we can play with your team and that would be the very simple way to do it and it would also mean that i guess we would have the opportunity to complete objectives with your team that maybe we couldn't complete with my team which would make it quite interesting so you'd actually get an advantage if you have various different mates that you play with because if they have a brazilian five-star wheat foot player and you don't you can go and complete that objective with the help of their account and their team i think that's the way that they could make it actually something that people will get value from because i think that one of the big problems with something like friendlies is although it was actually fun and people apparently enjoyed playing a couple of games it never really had a big impact on you know people building their clubs or anything like that and i think the way that it talks about rivals and squad battles suggests that they and objectives that they're actually looking at this being a sort of viable way to improve your team but then of course japes you get into this whole question of well if someone gets really good 2v2 and i'm just one person i'm going to struggle against them aren't i because they're very good as a team and they have more players yeah i i actually think that people that play 2v2 together all the time i think are probably going to be better than people that just like get together but likely they'll go up in divisions and be playing against other great 2v2 players right like i think you'll have individuals will likely have their 2v2 division rating i would say i don't think it's going to be like pro clubs where ben you and i start a 2v2 division rivals campaign and we play together to like division three and then i back out and start one with marcus and we're all of a sudden back in division 10 yeah yeah, right like i think i'm gonna just be a division three player then and if i play with someone that hasn't played any and they're a quote-unquote like division 10 player then it'll likely take the combined ratings and try to like match us up that way or it'll take your individual rivals ratings and try to match you up with 2v2 people that but i think you have to have like a 2v2 rating and a 1v1 rating i think they have to be separate Mm. for this to like work and feel good or i guess maybe you can select so that you're only matching 2v2 or so that you're able to avoid 2v2 players if you're playing on your own because i think that could be something that people get quite frustrated about if certain 2v2 players have got very good at playing as a two you could actually be at a really big disadvantage having actually played just on a couple of occasions people who are very good co-op players it can be pretty difficult so i think that'll be interesting but increasing the number of humans controlling the 11 players on the pitch tends to make the game feel better because the ai is having to do a bit less so that leads me on to saying Marcus, from a pro competitive standpoint this sounds quite exciting right i mean people love the 2v2 element of fifa whenever these things crop up and having it in the game means people can practice people can maybe even compete in tournaments through it i mean it sounds sounds really good for that kind of thing yeah i was going to mention that as soon as james brought it up but i really think it's going to have a big impact on qualifiers um the one big qualifier i could think of is the fifa e-club world cup that is, is played on 2v2 at the events but you obviously can't play that online so now i could see the qualifying mm. including a 1v1 game on each side and a 2v2 so there'll be nine points up for grabs each round team versus team so i can see that being implemented straight away 
and I can also see co-op being implemented at league events or leagues throughout the year um, in terms of just having a 2v2 game at the end as well Having when most clubs have two players, one on each console. So this really, in terms of the competitive scene, is a really big step. And overall, I think it's it's a really positive thing that they've brought in as well because not even just the competitive side of things, but FIFA and gaming, especially just gaming in general, is always more enjoyable with someone for sure. And FIFA and foot can be a very not isolating game but it can be a very solo game um it's kind of you mm. versus the opponent and the game as someone who used to play a lot like on their own it's definitely something that if this came out three four years ago i'd love it so i can see myself uh using it a lot both to practice with fellow competitive players for events but also just to play casually with friends who maybe i don't get to play fifa a lot with anymore because our, our levels are different or how we take how we look at the game is different or just how serious i take it mm. but i can jump hey hey do you want to play some co-op uh you know some co-op you know, a couple of games and we can get your objectives i can help you out mm. i honestly think it's it has so much potential and it also just starts the path leading into just bringing more players as you said into fifa and bringing co-op into into foot kind of makes me feel like if they respect co-op they might start respecting pro clubs a bit more in terms of that kind of thinking so yeah overall it's uh it's great i actually i actually really look forward to it. i really told for certain friends that hey you know we'll play together we'll play together you know only a couple games here and there maybe but it's just a great thing to have especially midweek i think for sure yeah yeah and actually you know it can't be a coincidence that one of the biggest esports organizations in the world fnatic have just signed their second fifa pro player and uh it's hashtag harry who will join tex he's quite a character of course i mean he's a very good player but he's um well known for his antics and entertainment not just his fifa play and so that you know dynamic maybe across fifa competitive esports is gonna have probably a positive impact overall so i'm interested to see how that develops right let's get into uh, these leaks then what we've seen um, we've got the fact that it seems the shush celebration has been removed, which I think is probably a good thing for everyone. We talked recently actually about how running celebrations were a real problem uh, generally and they're what causes most of the toxicity. Although it does seem like we're probably going to see that Mbappe crying gesture that he did uh, coming to the game, which looks just as toxic, to be honest. Great. Uh, you're going to be able to use LT and RT to cancel your advantage that you've been given and go and take a free kick this is something that i saw a lot of hype about when people spotted this but do you not think that you can currently do that just by leaving the controller right marcus if you just don't press anything you get given the free kick or am i missing? yeah i definitely think that's something that is really in the game more or less is if you maybe it's just not obvious that you can do it right yeah people just don't think about like just literally putting their controller like down and uh, yeah, just yeah. getting it um and ltrt interesting choice of buttons i really hope that is responsive and not delayed at all because mm. it could create for some interesting situations where maybe you want to take the free kick and for some reason it's delayed or you slightly miss time either the triggers and maybe you sprint forward accidentally and then the advantage is gone i can see some mm. situations where if it's not set up in the right way where it's instant it's not some kind of charge up feature it's definitely something that has to be pretty instant i feel but also giving enough people up to people enough time to decide whether they want to take that advantage or not it's something that is small but it's it's cool that it's in the game it's we'll get used to it mm-hmm. once it's works 100 percent. so we've rattled through those is because i wanted to get onto this one which is a bit more significant there's a screenshot going around which reveals that there's going to be a 40 match limit 
to earn your rival's rank. So that's the rank that gives you your rewards. It said, in the weekly competition of division rivals, you have 40 matches which contribute to the weekly ranking. You can continue to play beyond the limit to earn skill points and foot champions points. Keep in mind that these matches won't help you improve your rank. So that is a change from this year where you could play division rivals as much as you liked in order to earn your ranking for that week and to improve your rewards. One other thing just to add into the mix here is another bit of speculation that people seem to be taking as very likely is the idea that the rewards are also going to be improved. So it becomes more important to get a good rank. And also potentially the division you're in is even more important to encourage people to stay in their division. But yeah, in terms of this text that we've seen screenshotted from uh, a leaked beta probably or something like that, the text saying that you have 40 matches to earn your rank that is interesting, Jake. It's kind of hard to work out exactly what impact that will have because you can't see that many people playing 40 matches, right? I mean, not unless there's a Furlan Mendy objective. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know, man. It's uh, I just don't think we know how mm. that is going to impact it. What it says to me is that Division Rivals is now going to be j- almost just as competitive as Weekend League. But does it make a difference though? Because if it's 40 matches, who's playing that many anyway? And why would it make it more competitive? I I don't know. Do you know how many games that is a year? Because someone worked it out. If you played 40 matches of Rivals and 30 matches of Weekend League, that's like 3,000 games by this point. I mean, that's so many games. Like anyone who's playing foot champs surely isn't reaching 40 games in Rivals. The thing, I say it's 40 games over four days, but perhaps, perhaps this makes Weekend League not as important for rewards for like a casual player. Yeah, maybe. Like maybe maybe they're just saying like, hey, look, you play your like 40 rivals matches, like those rewards are going to be solid too. And you have seven days to do them versus 30 games in three days that the weekend league is like, that would be, that would be my hope for this. Like, I don't know, man. I This, this is a hard one to speculate. Uh, yeah. the, the good thing that it points to is that they have at least seemingly between this and the 2v2 they're at least going through the thought process of like how does rivals fit in to the average foot players week and like what is the purpose Mm. of division rivals to me right now it's looking like they're saying no no rivals is like a competitive game mode this is going to be a competitive based game mode weekend league is the most competitive game mode but rivals don't get it twisted like this is a competition so i i think i hope i guess that there would be an introduction of some more casual ways to earn rewards and objectives than competing in rivals i just you know with the objectives that way they were set up here with like cards and players like they were a grind grind not a fun grind that you could like work towards you really had to be like explicit about trying to complete those objectives versus like playing the game having fun with it and slowly being able to complete them i I, so i i don't know man i this is another one where i'm like reluctant to like overly speculate about it however yeah it's clear that they have at least thought about how rivals fits into your foot experience and time will tell well, also, the other thing that I think is interesting here, Marcus, is what we don't know, of course, is 
whether your weekend league matches, which currently contribute towards your rank, right, will count towards those 40 matches. Because if they do, then it means those 30 games will contribute, you know, a certain number of, of points to your rank. But then you'll only have 10 games to improve your rank beyond that. But if you think about it, that would feed into this idea that actually they're trying to set rivals up as a bit of an alternative to champs so that people can play for actually decent rewards in rivals and skip foot champs if they want to. But also what it does is if you only have 10 matches to get to that rank and get those decent rewards, well, you're not going to be tanking your skill points, are you, in order to get easier matchups because you're going to find it harder to obtain the rank because after those 10 games that you've just quit out of you're not going to be able to get any more rank so that is an interesting aspect of it i see it the exact same way as what you just said it's uh it's all leading towards the gamer being much more competitive than it already is putting the limit on it makes me optimistic that ea are eventually thinking about ditching for champions of the weekend league and moving towards an elo based ladder system that runs seven days of the week and resets at the end of the week or resets at the end of the two weeks or a month because the limit is the one thing that i'd find weird to get my head around i've never really thought that in terms of getting your rivals ranks up i don't think anyone's really going to play past 40 games unless they need to qualify for weekend league in a low division but with improved rewards, that's going to make things sweatier and with a limited amount of games as well, even though 40 is crazy, it's going to put that idea into people's head that they are running, that every game like counts, just like Weekend League. So um, it, this is an interesting one for me. It makes me... It's just like a bit of a competitive overload, to be honest. Um, I f- where's the where's the chill game? Where's the tournament? I and mean, that's funny me saying that because I'm I'm the professional player. But where's the where's the online tournaments? Where's the like? I just don't f- see the escape for the casual player like at all. It's really interesting because I've seen loads of people say this after seeing this screenshot that came out saying this is going to make rivals ultra competitive. It's going to be so much worse than it has been. But it already is pretty competitive and people complain about it being too competitive all the time. I don't really see how this makes that much difference. If anything, potentially, because foot champs might count, right, within those 40 games, they've got 10 matches to play. And then after that, they're not working towards their rank. So it becomes much more casual for them after that and they can just be completing objectives or whatever. So in some ways for some people who are playing foot champs and then playing rivals and you don't have to be playing the whole of foot champs obviously to reduce that 40 match threshold you know you, you could work it down by playing 15 games and then having uh, 25 or whatever if that happens then it, it will make those games after that much more casual in some ways because people are going to be less concerned about getting wins i would also say that for me if people do want to chill and be casual I just don't think Rivals was ever built to be that. And hopefully, and this is my big hope, is that they do something around friendlies with some kind of novelty rewards to get people into a maybe slightly more casual mindset. Because I don't think Rivals is really ever going to achieve that. I think, look, rereading this again, I was thinking about it. I don't actually mind Rivals being an entirely competitive game mode for the most part where you're weekly ranking improves your rewards like similarly to weekend league in some ways what i will mind and i will really get frustrated with it is if you are still trying to complete objectives in rivals like if it's win five 
rivals games like that's that's a fine objective right like score 50 goals in rivals fine objective if you want to have like score five headers with la liga players like that needs to be in rivals that needs to be in champs that needs to be in uh, Mm. i suppose it could be in squad but it needs to be like if you're going to have this as a competitive game mode it can't also be the primary mode for objectives i guess is what i'm saying yeah yeah no i i I can buy that for sure i do think it would be one of those things where we're just going to have to see how it pans out, as I've said, with pretty much everything that we've discussed. But that's what it's all about. Let's see how things go. We can uh, talk much more about this, no doubt, over the coming months as more comes out. Let's now move on to just a little bit of other news, which I thought was interesting. The UK has had new servers, which was noticeable. I got a halved ping response time in one of the games that I loaded up to test this in. And uh, Italy has also got new servers, which apparently have been working out fairly well for them as well rumors going around that they're going to be adding more servers certainly in the us also in europe as well over the coming couple of months as the servers they've added have clearly worked and and been successful so fingers crossed on that there's also the fact that we're going to have another promo which is kind of surprising at this point in the year obviously we're going to have the champions league so there was likely to be something around that but this Promotion is specifically called Preseason, which led to a lot of people speculating that we might be able to earn rewards for FIFA 21. That sounds really great, but I have a lot of hesitation, and we'll know soon whether this is true or not, uh, this speculation. But it, if this was possible, I would have thought we'd have already had it, because it's been something that's in EA Games, Madden, and uh, FIFA Mobile for a while. So why would it come this year? I don't know. But maybe they've finally resolved something like licensing issues or something along those lines, which would allow them to do it. But yeah, interesting nonetheless. I guess, Japes, you know, if you could earn a one to watch Thiago, if he ends up going to Liverpool um, through gameplay, it might encourage a bit of uh, a bit of grinding towards that. I mean, anytime that there are going to be rewards that you can earn for FIFA 21, like, yeah, you better believe I'm probably going to grind for that. What I'm most concerned about and what I actually think it is, is that it's going to be just super juiced road to the final cards, the Europa League and Champions League, and it's going to just fall like incredibly fat. They're like super juiced road to the final cards and then super juiced transfer cards, that type of thing. I don't think there's necessarily going to be any grinding specifically because they're still trying to push the pre-order where you get that free ones to watch item. So I, I would love to be proven wrong and told to like, shove it on this one and on that we leave the podcast here on the main feed over on the supporter feed via patreon where you can find all bonus podcasts along with this one for just three dollars a month we get into the gameplay features that have been revealed i read out the text description that ea have given and we speculate and discuss the impact that that's going to have on fifa 21 you can get that over at bit dot ly slash more pods that's bit.ly slash more pods a huge thanks to all those supporters who keep the podcast going and to those icon patrons dave b dj fifa player hugh j thomas alan g hunter b alistair martin m chris w matt l harry p sam b dean m david s robbie s tom b jordan paul s yannick h rich t Stephen F, Kieran M, Andrew L M, Nick Jack M, Christopher R, Damon H, Tenacious C, Jonathan P, Lee A, Paul, Dominic, Rob P, Michael, Adam W, Stephen M, David, Anthony R, Pobius, also ran, Jeff B, Roger D, 
Foot AST, Dan W, Eric T, Jason B, Matt H, Savage P, at Pace of a Tortoise, and Sam MG. A huge thanks, as always, for supporting the pod, and I'll look forward to catching you on the next one. Come stay and play at Live Casino and Hotel. Welcome to one of the biggest casinos in the country with luxurious clean rooms, upscale dining, and the grandest payouts. Now offering stay and play and all in packages, including $50 free slot play, VIP parking, VIP casino access, and more. Book now at livecasino.com or call 443-445-2929. At Arundel Mills, must be 21, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgambling.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's a great time to get a great deal on a new car when you get approved for an auto loan from PenFed. Our powered by True Car rates are as low as 1.39% APR on new vehicles. Finance for a longer term to lower your monthly bill, plus take up to 60 days to schedule your first payment. Join PenFed, and together, we'll keep you moving forward. Anyone can apply. Visit PenFed.org auto or call 1-800-247-5626. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.